Welcome to episode two of There's No Place Like Terra. I'm Grace. I am Nyx. Uh, and today we'll be going over The Enemy Within. The Enemy Within, which is episode... Two. Can we, we're trying to keep episode two of the podcast to episode two of the series. Correct. So to... we did episode one, the two-parter, as one podcast yes. episode. Uh, so if you sat through that one, congratulations, you've made it to episode two. <laughs> <laughs> this one might be shorter. Um, so this is the one with all of the sad feels. I can't get past this one. Yeah, this is... It, well, it's it's interesting as I was watching this for the second go-around. It, I, I was... It catches me that they they decided to do this story as the second episode. Instead of going out to a planet and having this, like, an exploration as the next one. Agreed. You know, here we are. I'm just getting settled in. I like these people. These are my friends. We've got the captain, who is basically the Han Solo of your crew. We've got... Miss Smart Lady, Captain Doctor Smart Lady. <laughs> we've got scientists. We've got Teal, who's sort of on board, but not really. And then we've got the broiest of all the bros the with a heart of gold, Kowalski. <laughs> and so I'm ready. I'm ready for an adventure. It actually starts us out that way, doesn't it? We're lined up. We're saying this to we're, one crew. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're starting in, and we're gonna just jump right into the blow by blow here. But Kowalski and Jarek are having this awesome game of no you go, no you go, no you go to these two planets, um, which happen to be. P3575 and P3A577. Um, we These are two plants we never hear from again, but just in case you're keeping track of, of what gates. And um, and we just kind of jump right into the episode. And it's I love the back and forth. Anil's like, you know, I'm kind of partial to P3A575. You don't mind taking P3A577, do you? Plus he's like, no, I'll take 575. 577. Seven. I'm not married to it. I want to be fair about this. How about we flip for it? And Hammond just turns and goes, how about you go where I tell you to go? Which Hammond is growing on me, I will say. Um, he... I was still not sure where he was before this episode started, but now I'm like, alright, he's a good guy. We like yeah. him. He's mostly on our side. But he's got it. Man's got to do what the man's got to do. Well, it's also you have always got to look at pilot episodes are always slightly different. I find than even the next episode when it comes to characters because the pilot episode and the rest of the series sometimes are drastically different with characters. Right. I think a lot of it is my own self centeredness. Ten years ago, I would not have been a fan of General Hammond. I would have been about against the man, not about the man. You have do to what yeah. people got to do. You got to give him a couple more episodes, and even ten years ago, Grace would have would have liked right. General That's Hammond. True. Okay. I'll give you that. Um, but I still find it interesting that they went for a serious character study as the second episode instead of a, like, exploration episode. Yeah. It starts off like you're going to have an expl- like a big, giant gangbuster, because shortly after that, the, the, you know, you get warning notices the gang is activated, they shut the iris, they set the self-destruct, which I'm still, I understand why, but it seems like jumping the gun. Um, yes, and they there's shortly, something coming. Blow it up. Yeah, they and they shortly go. They rinse and repeat that. So, you know how we get later on that that explosion will vaporize the entire mountain if it actually goes off. Right. They're clearly setting us up for something again. <laughs> like, all of the sets later in this episode. How many people do they take out if they have to? And it's not like, hey, we wait to see if the iris fails before we set this three minute self destruct. No, nope. no, no. We're no. just gonna We're do just this. gonna set this. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's just there's a lot of fear brewing. Just when we thought we were gonna have fun, mm-hmm. we're not. And then, 
that iris actually bulges if you watch it right. quite a bit like that's not a doesn't look very sturdy which yeah. is why the other quote that i love somebody board that here. thing up like a hurricane is coming <laughs> so dana goes so this iris is going to hold right and carter goes pure titanium less than three microns from the event horizon it won't allow matter to even fully regenerate Neil just goes, so this iris is going to hold, right? <laughs> Which I agree with. I would have just asked again and been like, um, what? <laughs> goes, if it doesn't, the fail-safe device will detonate. This whole mountain will vaporize and there'll be nothing to worry about. And Neil goes, yeah, good. I feel much better. Because <laughs> if shit goes down, they'll all be dead anyway. Right. Uh, but yeah, if it's three, again, three microns from the event horizon, nothing is coming back. And yet still that iris is bulging as if summons it just it doesn't it's just seem... trying so hard all the time it's <sighs> so dramatic that iris so dramatic the iris <laughs> but you know yeah so uh, the shit kind of hits the fan shit hits the fan early on this episode um in, in kowalski's i i don't know where to go well he gets that's the first time he's like his head starts hurting right and so he goes in there he kills a doctor whoa, whoa, whoa. you're ju- you're jumping the gun here okay you're okay. jumping the gun because there's another character arc in this here is true. besides this just kowalski which is teal'c so um hammond and jack have a talk about what's going to happen to teal'c and basically in full uh cliche military fashion he's going to be questioned it may not be friendly he will then be tested because he is an alien and we've never seen aliens and he has a symbiote of a violent race so we have to question and I can't, it's true. can't it's not well, guaranteed you know, we to be friendly. Well, we back and he did help out our guys, but we're not sure where he stands. Or so they want us to think. I'm, I'm pretty much already on board with Teal. And I will give Hammond full credit because Hammond does tell Jack, he's like, look, while he's here and he's under my command... He may be a prisoner and under guard, but he's going to be treated with respect and honor. Right. It's once he gets outside Hammond and, you know, Colonel Kennedy, who is the bad guy besides the ghoul of this episode, the asshole of this episode. Right. Basically, if it was him, he would basically vivisection yes. <laughs> to get the information. That's true. After, you know, having and, some friendly, friendly torture. And you have to give the writers... A little bit of credit here because they're going for as much as this is a sci-fi yeah. show they're going for a little bit of reality they're like oh, no yeah. this is what would happen oh yeah um which is true which is i as much as i wanted to just be like fun times aboard the you know no. popping stargate yeah. in there there's a little there's got to be a little bit of something to hang on to also you notice in the corner of the red phone the red phone yes because there's only one place there's only one reason the red phone would be in his office right there'd be someone I mean, in my worldview, Jed Bartlett's on the other side. I don't think that's actually (laughs) true. Are we we close in the timeline? Maybe it was Jed Bartlett. I think this is before. You're right. It would be before Jed Bartlett. Yeah. Um, But while we're on the topic of phones, yes, are we too far into talk about the dial home device? We will get there. That's in my notes. Gotcha. So we'll come back to you. Teal'c, Teal'c, Jack goes and visits Teal'c, and Jack is honest. He he's a prisoner. Uh, Teal'c is open and he's helping as much as he can uh, but Teal'c's in pretty much a shit position right now because at this point barring future events in this episode no matter what he does like no one in the military no one outside of S- the SGC in the military is going to believe anything Teal'c says you know what I mean he probably has doubters within the SGC unless they're actually on the planet witnessing what Teal'c actually did that's true he is alien life yeah He's an outsider. He's still a foreigner to us. We have the comment that all the refugees from the pilot episode have been sent home at this point. Right. We did. We wrapped that storyline up. Again, another tip of the hat to the writers. Also, where did Teal'c learn English? You know, that's a good one. 
<laughs> that is a really good one. Like, everyone on Abydos learned English from Daniel. Right. And but Tilk was not Tilk, on Abydos. No, no. He just magically learned English. Tilk is just a genius. Let's, a, let's study badass. his brain for that reason. <laughs> also, here's a question. I pose this to you. Who has the more expressive eyebrows? Richard Dean Anderson or Christopher Judge? Oh, gosh. They are both master eyebrow actors. You're right. In this scene, I noticed it in particular. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I, I, I'm i a fan of, of, of Richard Dean Anderson. I think we stick with that. We stick with our guy. We stick with Kevin. Yeah, exactly. So here's where we, it's a quick scene. Kowalski goes to you the dock. The ghoul comes and says, hi, greetings. You're dead now. And we have this visual in, visual image of the ghoul just swimming up Kowalski's back. Like, we saw his eyes glow at the end of the last episode. Did it just, like, swim back down his back? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that part's a little scary. It's like, I'm just going to hang out in your body, and you don't know I'm here, even though I'm clearly visible. And clearly moving. Like, Kowalski would feel a shifting you know, should, of an entity in his back. Kowalski should have been concerned that he might be partially paralyzed. Yeah. <laughs> Because he clearly doesn't feel this thing just swimming around inside him. So here is the talk about Sam and Daniel needed something to do in this episode. So they're having class time and right. teaching everyone. And we're slowly coming to the term dial home device. Right. DHD. Which I like the part that I missed them saying dial home device. And I'm like, what does DHD stand for? Hoping it's some really awesome yeah, yeah, scientific no. word. No. Dial home device. Dial home device. Let's keep it simple. <laughs> exactly. Keep it simple, stupid. Which I do like this. I do like that they did that. I like that there's a little bit of a, hey, this is what we're going to do. Remember this because this will come back later. Exactly. We're never going to reference it by its full name again. It's <laughs> never. a DHD. Remember that. Yeah. Got it? Good. Got it? Good. And meanwhile, while this is talking, Daniel notices Kowalski going and trying to suck suck in some gate rays by, like, worshipping the gate as if it's a sun. Right. That part I can't understand, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I guess it makes sense. Yeah. He's trying to get through. He's kind of going, oh, this is the gate. I have, you know, been drawn to it. Um, so he snaps out of it then. Like, suddenly he's no longer the ghoul. He's back to being Kowalski. And Jack brings him down to the infirmatory. The, this is the rewatching it is where I noticed that they're waiting around for the doctor. And the second doctor came in going, I don't know where this one guy is. He's supposed to be on duty. That was the one that he just killed. Right. So that was the first time I noticed of their referencing the doctor that was just killed. That's why there's a second doctor here. Correct. Yeah. So, um, and then we go to Teal'c's interview, which is a very interesting scene, I find. Yeah. I gotta be honest, as much as I was into the Teal'c storyline, and I should have been into it a lot more. It was a secondary thing? It was just, I was so upset <laughs> with the ending of this episode that I've forgotten everything except Kowalski. <laughs> so, the the few comments that I have on this is Teal'c gives this great speech, that pledging his honor, his wisdom, right. pledging everything he has is this big, dramatic thing, and all Kennedy goes is, well, we thank you for that. Yeah. And then moves on. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, it is, I have a note in here that it's interesting that he doesn't know about what powers the gate, what powers the weapons. It's something he will become very familiar with and he will know a lot about, but I find it interesting that here, he is as clueless as we are. Right. He's as clueless as everyone else on earth is. This so is the part he, where he says it's essentially magic, It's right? essentially magic, Yeah. 
Um, and then you have Jack permission to barge in, sir. Right. <laughs> you can see he has a in little bit more snark. In case you haven't <laughs> remembered that he's snarky and spunky. Oh, this is <laughs> yet still low on the snark stage for oh, him. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. <laughs> um, and this is also where you get to the idea of how big this show's universe is going to get. Got you it. know, the mentioning of how many planets there are, how many ghouls are out there, how many planets filled with these slaves there are. You start to get an inkling of how big this series is going to go. That's true. And is this where we came across the point where... So each of these planets are just different forms of humans that have been enslaved. Yes. Further along in different forms of evolution, maybe? Well, or it's not necessarily how do you revolution. take that? Yeah. So... Jack has this comment of, you know, the reason they haven't come and squashed just yet is because there were not that much of a nuisance just yet. Which is basically going, by the way, keep her tuned and watch this series. Um, and we get the first, the key term we get the first mention of is Tari. This it. is what, the Tari are like, to Teal'c, the Tari are this sort of mythical, almost mythical people. It's all of these planets the the ancestors of the humans that are currently on this planet were taken from this home planet Got from it. the Tari and that's we are that home planet so all of they have conveniently it's the Star Trek problem why do all the aliens in the Star Trek universe always look like humans right well it's because they have to work around the fact. Right. Here, all the humans in the galaxy look like humans because they actually are, they are humans. humans. They're taken... The, the ghoul come to Earth, poses gods, take humans away, enslave them, and they go populate another planet. So right. So it's, we're all essentially the same species. They're all essentially just, the same species. And we're just placed in different places. Most of the... You get the feeling that most of them, because a lot of these gods are currently... Uh, take the form of Egyptian gods. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them sort of from that from that era in human history. Got it. Um, but but yeah, Tari become a very key word. We are the mythological planet that the Jaffa tell stories about. Right. And, you know, the Egyptian, they made a comment, Egyptians buried the gate Correct. when they overthrew the gods back in the day. That's why our planet's essentially forgotten. Got it. So one of the key terms that they bring in here for the first time that's something to keep in the back of your head is the Tari. Um, this is where they first mention the, the idea that all a lot of the plans we're going to run across. It, it's Star Trek had the issue of all they had all these humanoids and they just conveniently were all humanoid because of science fiction restraints at the time. We couldn't look like a whole bunch of weird different aliens. Right, all humans sort of already look exactly. Like, yeah, all so, aliens are basically other forms of human. Yeah, Stargate gets around it by going, oh. They all kind of human because, oh, they're all human, by the way. It's genius because they actually explain it. Again, I'm digging these writers. They're, really just, they're going through all the plot holes and filling them in before we can get in there and be like, well, here's where you're wrong. Exactly. So they're like, no, this is it on purpose. We did this on purpose. Exactly. This is where these people look like uh, other people. So so tell me again. Now explain to me how uh, how it is that this works. So the, the, gold, the gold, yes, right, they go and they explain to me. So they came to Earth about it seems like at least so right now the time period they came to earth was you know the the ancient egyptian civilization because they came to earth they po they're like oh you have these gods that you worship i'm actually your god come down worship me gotcha uh they they enslaved a bunch of humans and they're like P 
peace out, yo. I'm taking a whole bunch of these people over to these other planets. Right. And then they then essentially population explosion like rabbits um, and then colonize all these other planets. And so Earth is sort of this mythic place, the Tari, uh, because eventually the ancient Egyptians overthrew the ghoul that happened to be there at the time. Everyone else had already left and they covered and buried the gate so no one else could come back to Earth. So therefore, Earth then continued evolving and forming civilizations without the gold over them to keep them in the exact same place to enslave them where everyone else did. Right. So it's all these other people that are the same. They're essentially the same people we are. Yeah. They just didn't get to go as far as we did. Because somehow in ancient Egyptian times, we were these super badasses that got away from the the gold. Yeah. So I read about this recently. I actually think I saw it on Imager. Is where, where this first started. Everything and happens it was, on Imager. Everything happens on Imager. This is where my education comes from. Don't judge me. But it's, what is it? It's the theory of the great filter, and which yeah. I know is related to something else. Fermi's paradox. Okay, so tell me a little more about Fermi's paradox. So Fermi's paradox uses the Drake equation, which the Drake equation is this big, long equation that if you plug in all these numbers, so is says how many, basically how many places in the universe or galaxy that life could Evolving. Like the places where the gold could have dropped everyone. Exactly. And so Fermi's paradox is basically the paradox of why we haven't heard from anyone. Whether, you know, the civilizations are evolved way before us and so they're already dead. Okay. Or the civilizations are behind us. Because really, we're in just the beginning stages of possibly being able to communicate with other civilizations. So uh, some other alien species could be, what, 300 years behind us in development, and they have no hope of reaching out. Plus, they're how many thousands of millions of light years away. So there's all these all these pieces of why we haven't contacted anyone, and that's what Fermi's Paradox talks so about. So as much as the idea of the Great Filter was kind of what got us here, I think mm-hmm. Fermi's Paradox kind of hits it a little bit closer to home. Yeah. So Fermi's Paradox, the Stargate is almost the answer to this paradox. Essentially, yeah. It's this thing. It's like, well, no, wait. Here's how we communicate. We can Mm -hmm. go back and forth, and here's how we talk to these people. Yeah. Instead of we, you can't. You can't travel faster than light. You can't. It's got a little bit less of a nihilist spin is where I was first going with the great filter where it's like, well, maybe the gold is our step that we can't filter past. Exactly. But I like this this more positive way of just approaching it through Fermi's Paradox. Yeah, because even the Star Trek, they had to develop, you know, faster than light travel in the warp engine to be able to make this show conceivable. But you can't travel faster than light. At least, you know, there are some theories of possible wormholes, etc., but... You can't travel faster than light. Gotcha. So the Stargate is basically creates a wormhole and you get to travel. And so this is simply the much more effective instantaneous warp drive gets around transporters. You can't, we can't beam one place to another. That technology will never exist. Long story. But yeah. So here's where we just go. Where's our Stargate? Exactly. Let's get this moving. Well, we <laughs> need whoever made... We don't know who made the Stargate, so we just got to find whoever made the Stargate and go, yo, hook I'm us up. I'm telling you, it was the ancient Aztecs. I'm going to go back to episode <laughs> one and reference this. My people, back in the day, that calendar looks just like the outside edges of the Stargate. I'm not giving up on that one. So you're just <laughs> an ancient, essentially. Yeah, I'm just this... That's, you're playing that's what them. it is. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. So, back to the episode. Cool. Kowalski has his MRI, which I don't know. Part of me goes, was that actually a CAT scan? I'm not actually <laughs> sure. They're very close to one another. You know, I've had both and I couldn't tell you the difference. Also, <laughs> the, t- the images they get out of this MIR, MIR, MRI. MRI CAT scan seem 
even better than the imaging of today, let alone 20 years uh, ago. Uh, again, I've gotten both done, and I don't think they look that good. <laughs> yeah, there was a big reaction of, well, that shouldn't be in there. That shouldn't look like that. That shouldn't look like that. Why is it animating? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have, again, Sam and Daniel need another five seconds in the episode with something to do. So they have a walk and talk, Aaron Sorkin style, about Daniel can't sleep because he's worried about his wife. Um, we also learn that Daniel's a coffee addict, which, again, why I connect with him as a human. <laughs> uh, and so Daniel goes and tries to get some sleep in some random, like, dorm room. And, of course, as he lays down, dead arm falls. And we well, find and the missing And why do the dead arms always wait to fall from the top bundle after you lay because down? Because dead arms are dramatic. <laughs> this is seriously <laughs> my biggest fear in life now, going to bottom bunk dead arm. That's <laughs> so why you always sleep on the top uh, bunk. correct. Well, then, but then it's your dead arm, so well, let's then not Well, then you should know that the dead body's there before the dead <laughs> arm pops out. Very true. <laughs> so, we cut back and we see that Gould is actually wrapped around Kowalski's spinal cord, and I believe your quote while watching this was, that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do not have any other words for that. It's just not where that should be. So, Gould then takes over and just takes everyone in his way down. He just directly goes because he obviously has some of Kowalski's memories, which is we find out later in the episode. Because right. how else would he know where the where the gate room is and the controller room is? Dials out, takes Sam hostage, makes his way toward the elevator to go up to... I guess he was trying to get out of the mountain because he figured he couldn't dial out. Right. Um, but then... And then... He's just gone. He's yeah. reckless. So the door opens up and Kowalski has, has come to. The ghoul is no longer in control. Which, so here's my two comments of Carter couldn't get away from that. Yeah. We're fi- going to find out soon that Carter's no weakling. Yeah, so as far as I know her, she is. She seems like a badass, yeah. but she's mostly a brain. The only thing I can think of is that Carter didn't really know what was going on, was afraid of hurting Kowalski. Oh. Because also she goes to try to stop the elevator, which she succeeds in doing, gets thrown against the wall, and then instantly is knocked out. Like, right. paper brain. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. There's no, like, bounce. There's no, like, nope, she just is done. instantly knocked out and out on the floor. Um, so the doctor briefs Hammond about Kowalski and the ghoul within him. The enemy within, the ghoul within. Get it? <laughs> We're there. Get it. Kowalski gets put in these onster, like, hamster wheel. This giant rotating bed hamster wheel. Uh, you know, to me, it brings back memories of the Bruce Lee story when he's paralyzed <laughs> and he's in that thing. But, okay, we'll go from there. Um, and Kowalski sort of puts two together when his new friend jumped aboard the ship. Um... And, you know, this is another thing. Hammond, his dedication to his airmen, whatever this doctor needs, whatever surgeon in the world, I will get him here. Right. Like, I don't care what you need. Where is our alien removal specialist? Exactly. Probably in Germany. (laughs) Or Sweden. Or Sweden. So, um, Teal'c is awesome. And he goes, hey, I'll help you out with whatever you need. And he has amazing patience while he, like, has his gold out on this traction thing and they're just basically injecting it with shit. And oh. Teal'c's like, I'll hop out with whatever you can. Um, and, he, you know, Teal'c tells him, the gold's going to try to kill Kowalski because he will not relinquish control. Like, this is his host now and he basically is whatever, I will kill whatever I can't have. Right. Um, because he is a toddler. Essentially. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> and Kowalski tells them that you need to kill the ghoul no matter what the cost. 
Um, and the ghoul is just a jerk, and he wants back out the gate with his new host. Right. So, you know, this, all, this serves so many purposes. It's essentially, you know, as heartbroken as I am about where things are going with Kowalski, he's not in good shape. We're learning more and more about Teal'c. You know, we're watching yeah. Kowalski in these restraints, like fighting this thing. the most horrible condition you, you know, can this, think of. this in, incredibly strong military dude. Yeah. And Teal'c is just like, yeah, you know, I just kind of zen out and then I have control. <laughs> yeah. This is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and just Kowalski is... <laughs> I mean, to see a, a person who's that strong just break right, down, right. you so realize how horrible this is. Yeah, it's a testament to Tilk's awesomeness. So we have our weekly staff meeting, because you have to have one at least in an episode. It's in the episode rules. <laughs> uh, Kennedy wants to basically take let the gold take over and like question because they go Kowalski's chances are slim to none. Even if he survives, he's most likely going to be paralyzed. You know, he... He basically, we should sacrifice Kowalski because we can get more information out of this Gould. Because if both the Gould and Kowalski die, then Kowalski died in vain. But if we can keep him, which I'm sure he will be treated way worse than Teal'c. Right. Um, because he's, you know, violent and isn't even trying to play along. You know, then we can try to get information out of him because they think they'll get information out of him, which I have a hunch that he wouldn't. probably can't do that. They think that then Kowalski would die for purpose. No one else is buying any piece of that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good try, dude, but that's just not... And, it's not going to happen. And and Hammond just turns and goes, what kind of officer are you, Colonel? As long as there's a snowball's chance in hell that my officer will come through the procedure, we'll go ahead with it. This is where we audibly cheer for Hammond. Exactly. Yeah. And my favorite quote of yours through watching this the first time was, Daniel said something, he just snapped and goes, whatever, Harry Potter. <laughs> because That's true. Daniel Jackson is now Harry Potter. Sometimes... <laughs> I gotta be honest. Sometimes the, the smartness is not necessary. And we're trying to figure out feels here. And we're working on this guy. And these are very important things. And nobody cares what you have to say. I'm not sure that I love him yet. But Hammond just shuts down the conversation. Like, it's over. I don't yeah. care what you say, Kennedy. This is my ground. You play by my rules. So, oh, this is actually where Teal lets them experiment on gotcha. the on his little, his little larva friend. Yeah. Um, and next door... In the same room, um, Jack and Kowalski have a little heart-to-heart, and Kowalski is fully expecting not to make it through. And very touchingly, Jack Jen then cracks jokes, because right. that's how Jack deals with shit. That's what you do. That's You put a smile on your friend's face before they go into the surgery, it's probably going to kill them. We also have one of my favorite things to spot, which is Jack's, again, at least one per episode of For Crying Out Loud. <laughs> There's, just like the staff beating, there must be at least one contractually in the episode uh, written. For crying out loud. Also, so you have Kowalski... Uh. Who, without warning, is flipping back and forth between control of a gold, Correct. and you have him strapped to the bed with these really loose seat belts that can yeah. easily just slither away. This is true. Like, there's no guard. I mean, we think you're seat. kind of strong, but we're not that worried because we're just, you know, whatever. There's no guards that we can see. It's a and very there's... chill place where they're at. <laughs> just kind of like, you know, dude, just just be cool. After he's already killed and attempted to kill and etc. <laughs> but we'll look past that. Yeah. So surgery time, everyone watches because naturally, what else are you going to do? Right. This is the Grey's Anatomy sequence. We have suspenseful music. Got it. Again, I'm caught off guard that this is the second episode and 
for the moment, a surgery is our most tense part of the episode. Yeah, we have not traveled anywhere fun no, yet. No, 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 no. So the surgery goes forth, um, and in the end, it was really easy. They just snip it, it slides out, no yeah. problem. We're not even going to question how easy that we was. Have, we have, thing. what, 100 guards, 10, 20, 30, 100,000 guards pointing weapons with surgical masks now. Right. I'm are, sure they uh, sanitized those, yeah. uh, those, those Are the guns, guns sanitized? Yep. Yeah. You just scrub them all down. <laughs> um, you're supposed to do that, right? I have no idea how guns work. And this <laughs> is, you know, both of ours favorite line of the episode of I want to wake up as me or not at all. That one was pretty good. That one kind of hurt my heart a little bit. The tugs your heartstrings. Oh, 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 yeah. Just punched me in the gut already. Um... And, of course, he's going under for surgery. They're not administering the anesthetic until, like, two seconds before they start cutting into him. Right. And if this was an actual surgery on a spinal cord, I can imagine he'd be, like, on a vent or there'd be something. But then he couldn't say that amazing line right, right beforehand. So it's like, here, say this line, and then we'll put the oxygen mask on. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. If we remember. If we're probably going to forget. Probably going to forget. But look, can you just say this thing? Because it'll make it really cool if you just, you just say this thing. Just do this thing real quick for us. So then Kowalski wakes up. Everyone's excited. This seems like the happy ending to the episode. Um, Kennedy meets Hammond in his office and says that he's leaving. And by the way, he's taking Teal with him. And by the way, Kennedy's an asshole. And hey, no kidding. Hammond just turns and goes, don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. <laughs> I feel like they like each other. Yeah, they're besties. <laughs> this is, you know, it's like the end of Casablanca here. Yeah. <laughs> so Sam and the rest of the Scooby gang are, um, <laughs> he's, she's letting the rest of the Scooby gang know that Kennedy's taking Teal to Langley for study, which that seems like a slightly odd place, whereas Area right. 51 and all this. Right. Uh, and... Kowalski wants a minute alone with Teal to thank him. Got it. It seems very sweet. Right. Until. Also, before we get to the until, why are Sam and Daniel wearing, like, full coats? Like, is it cold in the SGC? It's really cold. When you're a scientist, your brain, like, all the blood is just in your brain. Like, it doesn't have any time left to go and warm you That's something I wear in the snow when it's 10 degrees out. Maybe like, they're just the heat miser <laughs> like I am. And they're just always cold, freezing all the time, everywhere. So the until, Kowalski meets with Teal to thank him. What he's actually doing is telling Teal'c that, by the way, Kowalski's dead. Yeah. I have now taken full control. The Gould is the greatest actor in this episode. Right. Uh, he takes... He, he informs Teal'c that that was a shell that they've removed. So he's essentially now, like, infused with his brain. Right. There's no more body to take out. He then goes out, takes everyone out he comes across, activates the gate, sets the system to self-destruct again, which I believe actually he's he just hell-bent on destroying that mountain. Yeah. And then Teal'c then, in the you-shall-not-pass-Gandalf moment right. as he's going into the gate room to run through the gate. Tilk's just standing there, like, brick wall, come right. at me, bro. Yeah, this bouncer's <laughs> not letting anyone in the club. He's just and not letting anyone in the club. Tilk, you know, takes him down, beats him up, and finally they deactivate the self-destruct. Jack yells, hold him in place, while Jack deactivates the gate to slice off the back of Kowalski's head. This is the part where I'm just, I'm not going to sleep for a couple <laughs> days. 
this one hit me pretty hard. You know, Kowalski wasn't my favorite person, but he wasn't my least he was favorite a good guy. person. We're only two episodes in. Yeah, I get it, but but you're starting to get adjust to to these people, and you're learning to like them, and, and then, then we'll just done. So you know, I can't figure out what the purpose of this is so far. Is it just to show us no one's safe? I have I have a hunch. It's to show you these are the this, this is what we're dealing. This with. is what we're dealing with out here in the galaxy. Yeah. So as as much as I thought this was going to be a fun romp through the galaxies. This is some real shit. There's there's episodes with some real shit that goes down. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm still... It's sobering. It's very sobering. <laughs> I think that's the word I'm looking for. So in the middle of all this, uh, because we're on Walter Watch, I love how, like, breaks into the control room and Walter's just like, what are you doing? And tries to go save. And, and Kowalski, Gould Kowalski, non-Kowalski, just, like, snaps his arm and he just goes, oh! Yeah, poor like, little dude. He just, you know, he's Beaker to me. He's Beaker. Why are you hurting Beaker from the Muppets? Well, he's also, he's he's Radar from MASH. That's, that, but that's actually who he is, correct? No. Or, okay, gotcha. He's not actually, they just look very alike. <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> he, the character sort of based off him, I get the feeling. Nice. Um, and it also, is this different self-destruct than they did in the very beginning of the episode because suddenly Hammond, there needs to be two senior officers or two right. high-ranking officers to deactivate it. But earlier, I'm pretty sure Walter just activated and deactivated it on his own. Well, it depends on how you activate it. You oh, know, every time yeah. it's just if they, if they look, if someone activates it again, we're gonna need three people in there, and exactly. I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, and I think as much as you know, Kowalski going down in this here um, it is sort of the the heart churner. To me, the heart churning moment is basically Jack. In his mind, he doesn't, but Jack gives a signal to kill his friend. Right. To right. shut the gate. But and then he, does. he has the line there that that wasn't his friend. His friend died on the table. That's true. Um, but, and then everyone just leaves and leaves the body just sitting there on yeah, the gate hey, platform. Someone, this is really heartwarming and all, but. Someone come all right, clean we this gotta up. Go. Yeah. Clean up in aisle three. Yeah. There's something, this is gonna start to smell. <laughs> Somebody do something. And then we have the red phone moment where, you know, he's talking friendly with the president. He's like, oh, by the way, you wanna you wanna talk to Kennedy? Okay, have fun at that conversation, Kennedy, because <laughs> guess whose side the president's on? Right. And then we have our hero shot. SG1 is officially formed. We got Tilk as part of the band. He knows how there was a missing spot there that missing spots is filled by the fourth member and heroically go through the gates. Yeah, and so it's good stuff. You know, it is. And, okay, this, as I was kind of on board with the first episode. I think this episode has kind of locked me in. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. They really broke my heart. And because I am an unstable person, <laughs> that makes me want you more. So, so I, this, you know, this one's going to push up to the top for me right now. Right now, this is my favorite episode. This is, this is bumped up to the gods. Yeah, Children of the So Kids. this is now our ranking. We'll, yeah, we'll... The Enemy Within. And, you know, it's got that great line. If I don't wake up, it's mean I yeah. don't want to wake up at all. Or something along yep. those lines. It, you know, it brought us into the Fermi Paradox, mm-hmm. which was an interesting thing. You know, just this idea of thinking of all these other humans just in different forms of in different places in life and mm-hmm. this this is my favorite episode yeah this is this is a great episode so a couple like stats not really stats but the fun facts that I carry forth so we have seen two SG teams now we're kind okay. of keeping track of them the two teams we see here in SG1 and SG2 Okay. So not overly exotic, but right. we at least see that there is... They've said at least, um, I think, nine teams were formed okay. by presidential order last time. 
Unfortunately, I did not write this down, and I need to write this down next time, but uh, Kaylee the Thorgy was watching this episode with us, and at some point in the episode, she just made this loud squeak. Right. Like, she just made this, she has a very high-pitched bird whistle that she made at some points in this episode, and it's like, well, that's Kaylee's favorite part. Right. So when she does that in the future, I'm going to record We'll make sure to keep track of Kaylee the Thorgy's favorite card. If you're watching with your canines. Yes. This is, this will be very important. So I should have said this off the top, but this episode first aired August 1st, 1997. Um, It was written by Brad Wright, which you recognize the name from the last episode. Right. And it was directed by Dennis Barry, and he only directs one more episode of Stargate as a whole, and that's later on this season. Okay. So we'll see that one when it comes up. Gotcha. So I'm digging this writer. This is our guy. I hope he sticks around for a while. Brad Wright definitely sticks around for a while. Yeah, don't worry about that. So, but that's everything we got for today. Uh, no bartender Nick today. He's uh, on vacation, I guess. So he's we're just drinking water, slacking on his job. <laughs> uh, be feel free to follow us on Twitter at Terra Podcast, and you can email us with any. The next episode is episode three, Emancipation. Um, so if you have any comments on that, we'll probably actually already have this recorded by the time uh, <laughs> you hear this episode. The next. But if episode you have recorded. anything at all for us, anywhere down the line, any questions or anything you want us to to look comment out on, for, yeah, um, our email is there's no place like Tara at gmail.com. Um, but please, if you are talking about future episodes or anything that can be considered spoilers, please put spoilers in the subject line. We both have access to this email. And we're trying to keep Grace as, like, dumb about the show as possible until it happens. Grace dumb. Yes, and I will keep track of anything that has spoilers in it. I will read and respond to, so. All right, thanks again for listening. Have a great week.